That was glorious. Amen. (laughs) I'm so thankful for our worship leaders here at Black Rock and their constant desire to point us to worship the Lord for who he is, because he is so worthy. I've been longing to share this teaching with you for many, many months. It's my conviction that we are always at our best as pastors when we simply invite you into what God's teaching us, what God is saying to us. So this morning, that's my heart's desire, to simply share with you what God, through His Holy Spirit, has been sharing with me. Listen to how the New Living Translation of the Bible expresses Paul's thoughts on suffering in this life in Romans 8 and 2 Corinthians 4. What we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will give us Later, for our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, We look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over. But the joys to come will last forever. Talk about suffering. Sharon and I met our family at Disney World in May. We chased Five grandkids, seven and younger, from one end of the Magic Kingdom to the other. (laughs) Around the third day, as we fought off bone-numbing exhaustion and watched countless families cope with crabby children, I complained to Sharon as I looked at the motto that I was seeing all over Disney uh, World, And this is supposed to be the happiest place on earth? I wasn't buying it. (laughs) Despite this, we had a really great time. A Lemke family favorite was the Finding Nemo show. If you've never seen the DVD, I commend it to you as a great family film. This multimedia event, which really has been taken from the movie and transcribed into a multimedia experience with puppets and many, many different kinds of visual effects, tells the story of a little clownfish born with a malformed fin to an overly protective single dad. After he's abducted by a scuba diver, the audience is irresistibly drawn into this drama that really features one question. Will Nemo survive and find his way home? Will Nemo survive and find his way home? 
You know, Nemo's journey isn't so different from our own. Because on a daily basis, you may find yourself asking, will I survive and find my way home? We're all born with a disabling, malformed fin called sin. And our survival is constantly threatened by events often beyond our control. In one riveting scene, Nemo and his ragtag band of buddies clog up the aquarium filter with little bits of stone from the bottom of the aquarium, hoping that the sludge growing in the tank will motivate the owner to scoop them out to freedom. Watching the green gunk nearly suffocate the fish, I was reminded of the situations we all face that at times threaten to choke the life right out of us and leave us asking, where is the hope? Where is hope? Now, I know that some of you may be enjoying a great ride. Everything's going well. And life is good. I'm so thankful for that. However, there are people here today in this worship center with us at our Long Ridge campus who are battling life-threatening diseases or helping a loved one through their struggle. Still others have lost their jobs or experienced deep heartache and ongoing heartache at the hands of someone they trusted with their heart. Others of us are just trying to get through the stress of another day as our companies demand more and more productivity from less and less time. I could go on and on and on. Every single one of us is challenged with something that reminds us of that nagging question, where is the hope? Even Jesus said, each day, each day has enough trouble of its own. Did you know that the Bible also teaches us how to thrive? Not just to survive, but to thrive during the joyful and also the joyless seasons of life. Let's look at three of these tools for finding hope. The first one is really going to encourage you this morning. Expect trouble. Do you want to find hope in life? Well, expect trouble. (laughs) Jesus said, in the world you'll have trouble. In the world, you will have trouble. But cheer up. I have overcome the world. That's good news today. I found that an important key to finding hope in this life lies in aligning my expectations with reality. So many times when trouble comes my way, It's almost like I've been soccer punched. 
Somebody gave me a left hook and I didn't see it coming. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. So let's align our expectations of this life with the reality of the world in which we live. You know, as Christ followers, we live in an interesting time. I like to call it the in-between time. We live, every one of us, in the in-between time. That is... We exist in that part of history after Jesus' first visit to earth, but before His second. We live in the in-between time between His first coming and His second coming. And the Bible makes it very, very clear that those who live in that time between will experience both the happiness and the hardship of life in this world. There's a tension here that every single one of us confronts on a daily basis. The world is an incredibly beautiful place. It's no mistake that even though Caleb and I didn't confer together, the theme of our service up to this point has been about the beauty of creation. God's Holy Spirit designed this service today. We live in an incredibly beautiful place. And God intends us to enjoy His creation. If you haven't gotten out and taken a walk lately and just looked around at the incredible design, the beauty, the majesty, the splendor, even the precision of God's creation, you need to do that. Yet, like us, the world also bears the weight of sin's curse. Romans 8 reveals that against its will, against its will, everything on earth was subjected to God's curse. All creation anticipates the day. Creation is looking forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. I'm looking forward to that day. I know you are. Creation is looking forward to that day when it will join us in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And even we Christians... Although we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, also groan to be released from pain and suffering. Have you ever been at a place in life where you may not let out an audible audible groan, but there's just a deep, deep groaning of your spirit within you because of what you're going through? Describing the struggle of those who were sharing the good news of the gospel, Paul tells us this. Here's how he describes his ministry and the ministry of others who were sharing the good news. We are pressed hard from all sides, but we are not beaten down. We are bewildered, but that doesn't make us lose hope. Others make us suffer, 
But God does not desert us. We are knocked down. I love this. But we are not knocked out. (laughs) Does that sound a little bit like your week? Or your month? Try reading it this way. Dear friends, if you go back and look at each one of those phrases, the first part of each phrase is true of everybody who lives on planet Earth. But only the second part of each phrase can be claimed by Christ's followers. Let me show you what I mean. Every single person in this world at one time or another, sometimes on a weekly basis, can say, I've been pushed hard from every side. That's true of every person who lives in this world. But only Christ's followers can say, but thanks to Jesus, thanks to all He's done for me, because He died and rose again for me, I am not beaten down. Every person on earth can say, I'm bewildered. I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. I just don't get it. But only the person who knows that God loves them and has a great plan for their life can add the second phrase. But that doesn't make me lose my hope. Everyone can say, I've suffered at the hands of people I thought would never hurt me. I've suffered at the hands of people who unexpectedly brought horrible heartache into my life. But only those who know that Jesus is always beside them through His Holy Spirit to comfort and to encourage can say, I know God hasn't deserted me in the midst of that pain. And finally, the last phrase, we're all knocked down at one time or another, many times through life. But thanks be to God, we can all say we've never been knocked out because Jesus Christ gives us the power to stand to our feet and move on. Dear friends, expect happiness in this life. Look for it. This is a great world. Life can be wonderful. Expect, anticipate happiness in this life. It's our Heavenly Father's wish that we enjoy our time on this earth. However, there's always got to be that however, right? However, don't be surprised when trouble comes as we wait for Jesus to return and make all things new. And while we're waiting, God urges us to look forward. Look ahead. Since we live in a magnificent but marred world, it's important to know where we're headed. It's vital to know where we're going. Paul encourages us to embrace the reality that this world is not our home. For Christ followers, this world is no longer our home. We are looking forward to a city in heaven which is still or yet to come. 
part of thriving in this world, part of not just surviving, but thriving is recognizing that God has something better in store for every single one of us. I'm amazed at how easily I'm overwhelmed by life's challenges and heartaches. You know, before I know it, it just sneaks up on me. And I'm eaten alive by the injustice and the unfairness of life, which is all around me. I can even begin to blame God for the mess we're in. Have you ever been there? You're not being honest. I used to think that when Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Remember, he said, in this world you'll have trouble, but cheer up, for I've overcome the world. I used to think that meant that he would take care of all my problems. If I would just come to him, surrender my life, make him my Savior and Lord, Jesus would take care of all my problems. I think as a pastor, I probably even, to my shame, taught that at times. I've learned that being a Christ follower may actually increase my challenges. Because the way I now live, or the way I should live in Jesus, runs counter to the direction the world is headed. You see, when we come to the Lord and surrender to Him, and He begins to make changes in our lives, we find that our lives begin to rub up in an abrasive way against the direction the world is headed because we're headed in a different direction. And sometimes that can actually increase challenges in our lives. The Bible has a better idea. Colossians 3 teaches us to look up, to raise our sights, to look forward to the place where the pain of this life will be swallowed up by joy. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights. Focus on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at God's right hand in the place of honor and power. And here it is. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on earth. Now, there used to be an old expression a couple generations ago in the Christian church. That person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That's not what God is saying here. God wants us to focus on the joys and the challenges of this life. We have to. But He doesn't want us to lose sight of the fact that this world is not our home. And one of the great keys to surviving the highs and the lows and all of the middle times of life is to remember that we need to let heaven fill our thoughts. Friends, Jesus really is coming again. I'll say it again. Jesus really is coming back. And heaven is a real place. 
It's not some mythical land where we sit around on clouds with little furry wings playing harps. Days without end. No sorrow. No disease. No night. No having to say farewell to a loved one. No broken relationships. No unemployment. No stress. No heartache of any kind. Those days will be filled with meaningful activity and absolute freedom from the sorrows of this life. Most of all, we will be face to face with God in a relationship that is so intimate, it defies my ability to describe to you today. Praise His wonderful name. Does this mean that we've been left defenseless and unprotected while we navigate this world and wait for His return? Not at all. As we occupy this world, God calls us to power up. So let's power up right now. In one of the Bible's greatest prayers, Paul asks God to do some incredible things for us. He says, God, would you use your glorious riches to make us strong? May His Holy Spirit give you His power deep down inside you. May you have power with all God's people to understand God's love. And a little later on in the chapter, God is able to do far more. Another translation says, exceedingly more. Another translation says, infinitely more. God is able to do far more than we could ever ask for or imagine. And listen to this. He does everything by His power that is working in you and me and every Christ follower. Sometimes we forget that the same Spirit who said to Jesus three days in the grave, it's time to get up and walk out into glorious resurrection, inhabits our bodies. My Bible says, My body, chubby as it is, is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And it's that same power that God uses to work His powerful works in us. Let me be crystal clear this morning. I believe in and I rely on God's mighty power at work in my life every single day. I can't make it without that power and neither can you. Although we live in a world that's reeling under the weight of sin's curse, God hasn't left us defenseless. When we're between that rock and a hard place, He often shows up and gives us just a little sip, a little foretaste of what heaven will be like with a breakthrough in our lives that we know only He 
could pull off. I've experienced God's healing touch in my body many times. I've experienced God's healing touch in your lives many times. And I've experienced events that can only be explained as miraculous. But let me put it into perspective here this morning. It's clear to me that if God touched my body a thousand times and healed me each time of everything that I face, something, sometime, will take my earthly life from me. Have you thought about that? When you pray for healing and it comes, thank God. When you pray for healing and it doesn't come, remember, it's not correct for us to say, God didn't answer my prayer. When we pray, God always answers. But we forget that any breakthrough in this world is temporary. Sometimes God says, I'm going to take you home for ultimate healing where you will never struggle again. Sometime I'm going to have to take this earthly body off. Even B. Carly at 104 years of age had to take this earthly body off because she is an eternal spirit who lives forever in God's presence. And at some point, we all need to claim that new body that God has created for us. So once again, we live in the tension of knowing that God can do all things, but that the ultimate fulfillment of His promises is for a place and a day and a time yet to come. Let me share something else I've learned. One way of opening ourselves up to God's power is to seek times when He can grow larger in our lives. John said of Jesus, He must become greater and I must become less. That's true of all of us. Worship has a powerful ability to fill us with an awesome awareness of God's presence. When I worship Him, somehow my problems seem to lose their hold on my life. So I encourage you again to join us this Friday for our worship night and see what He will do in your life. Now, I know it's contemporary worship, but that might not hurt us. Are you struggling to find hope today? Try applying these keys. Expect trouble, look forward, and power up. Listen to these final words that speak of our living hope from 1 Peter. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great mercy, He gave us new life by raising Jesus Christ from the dead. This fills us with a living hope. And so we look forward to possessing the rich blessings that God keeps for His people. He keeps them for you in heaven where they cannot decay or spoil or fade away. They are for you 
who through faith are kept safe by God's power for the salvation which is ready to be revealed at the end of time. Be glad about this, even though it may now be necessary for you to be sad for a while because of the many kinds of trials you suffer. Laura's story is a young worship leader from Atlanta who knows something about suffering. And she's penned and committed to recording a powerful song that I listen to all the time entitled Blessings. I want to thank our technical ministers for their flexibility today because as I was driving to church, I intended to share the words with you But you need to hear the actual words with the music. So for a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads. Stay right here with me. Don't move around. And listen to what God wants to teach us today through this powerful song. Father God, I thank You that You love us with an everlasting love. And that love makes the joys of this world incredible. And that love makes the heartaches of this world bearable. So I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, according to the glorious working of Your might and Your power, that You would surround this church family and each person in that family, each guest today, in those strong, everlasting arms. And draw them close today and throughout the week to come. In the great name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.